You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to the Detroit Red Wings Alumni Show. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left. Into the zone with the top number to the Stanley Cup. McCarty up over the line. McCarty got by his man. He scores! What a play there McCarty made. Now we got a fight. Got it. Oh, and who's he involved with? Looks like that's John Gruden. That's the first time I've ever seen Fedek in a fight. Ten seconds away from successfully defending the Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings. Their bench up. Osgood with his arms up over his head coming out. The Detroit Red Wings have won the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Shot in on the new goaltender, Eddie Mio, in goal. Look at that old school mask. And that's something. He's a brave man. Hey, that catch it out. He's in. Six scores. Kalima. Kosar and Probert, though, that's the main one here. These are good friends. You rarely ever see Kosar and Probert go at it. Most of the former Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings, their offensive catalyst, number 25, welcome left winger John O'Grodnick. Got it in front, the score! Jason Wolley, the shot heard round the world! Osmond moving to the line, chance, got it! Slam! Slam! The Detroit Red Wings, for the fourth time in 11 years, are the Stanley Cup champions! Welcome to episode 21 of the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Podcast. Very fortunate today to have in studio, finally, Where's Waldo is back with us, Eddie Mio. Say hello, Eddie. Hello, audience. And of course, we're waiting on Art Regner, and Art always flies by the seat of his pants, but I'm going to tell you one of the advantages we have of doing what we do is on the line, uh, one half of the now West Coast Connection. With Wob Parker going to Fox Sports 1, we've got our Vegas insider, the man from Parker and the Man, Mark Wilson. Mark, how are you? Yo, man. Eddie. What's up? I'm good. Willie, miss you guys. I'm telling you, what is this, a ten ni- mighty 1090 reunion? <laughs> yeah, all we need now is you know who. So okay. I can, yeah, so I can Where beat them up. I don't know. Well, at least we've got a full roster of talent, and we're getting paid on this gig, too. So it's not really a 1090 reunion, for God's sakes. Mark, one of the questions I have for you, I watched you all week, and um, I saw this Gerard Gallant thing had you a little bit fired up. Yes. What were your thoughts on that little bugabaloo? You know, I, I, uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, anywhere anybody would listen to me, uh, Gerard Gallant's one of my all-time favorite wings. Um, uh, you know, I, I got to know Jerry very well. Spud's a great guy. Uh, we all knew that eventually, I, at least I did, I thought he would be a, a pretty good head coach in the National Hockey League. And when I saw what happened to him, you know, after Columbus and now into Florida, and then the story about dumping him at the arena, you know, and then leaving him to go find a cab, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I said, man, only the NHL does that stuff really kind of happen on a regular basis. Nobody fires coaches more than the NHL does, as you both know, and willy-nilly. Here they have all these injury problems, and 
Yager was off to a slow start. I wonder why he's 44. Um, and they're kind of blaming that on Gallant. And he's 11-10-1 after that stun. And I don't know if this is a power play between him and Tom Rowe, who you'll see tomorrow with Joe Lewis. Um, they already lost that first game under Rowe. But I think there's, there's this is a guy that's still got pretty good NHL head coaching chops, and uh, it will definitely not be his last rodeo. No, I agree with you there, Mark. It's just uh, it, it, it was a classless act on behalf of the Florida Panthers, not only based on what they did last year to Dale Talon. Uh, I don't know what this organization's all about anymore. No wonder they can't get any fans up in the, in, in the, uh, oh, in I the mean, arena. Eddie, look, you got a guy, 103 points last year, their best regular season ever. And we remember when they went to the cup finals with uh, Dougie McLean. Right. Uh, you know, so they had, you know, that little bit of history there. And it's been a while now. And Panthers been around a while, but they're so insignificant many years past that Golan kind of brought them back to some prominence. And yeah, they didn't have a great playoff run. They expected a little bit more. But with the way the season started this year, I, actually, I thought 11-10-1 was pretty good from all the injuries that they've had and, and having Yager off to the slow start. Uh, I don't, you know, again, there must be something else inside there uh, that happened between these two. You know, they always use the philosophy, change of direction. Uh, really? After 22 games? Yeah. You know, somebody asked me, they said, is this the strangest way you've ever seen anybody fired? I said, well, Bill Gadsby used to tell me the story that when he was fired after two games in his second year as coach of the Wings back in 69-70, uh, he said that uh, there was a note under his hotel. They were in Chicago. There was a note under his hotel room door, the late, great Bill Gadsby, and there was a envelope. And in the envelope was enough money for a bus ticket Back from Chicago to Detroit, he would not be traveling with the team. Gad said he upgraded to a plane. He didn't want to take a bus. And I said, you know, the Norris family right there, you know, with how things are done, darkness of Harkness and all that, back in that era, late 60s, early 70s. So I said, maybe it's not the strangest thing I've ever seen, but the pictures that the AP took of Gallant standing there with his bags in some, I don't know, front lawn looked like because there was leaves all over the place waiting for a cab. I mean, come on. I mean, are you serious? Really? That's how you're going to do it to that guy? That's crazy. And, and, he, and he's such a class guy, too. But you know what? You guys, we talk, and, and a lot of people I've been calling and trying to find out, it, it's, it's all stemming from, remember, they changed that whole complex of that team. I mean, they lost about four or five key guys, especially on the right. D. And, you know, you just can't do that and, and change the whole chemistry of the team that's coming off a great I mean, remember, they almost got the President's Cup last year. And, right. Uh, you know, so it's, it's just a, a classless act in a day and age that the NHL is supposed to be a very classy act. And I'm, uh, my question is to Gary Bettman. I wonder if he called uh, the owner of Florida or anything like that just to find out, hey, you can't be doing this stuff. I mean, at least wait till you're back home or on the road or, or whatever, or get him a plane. Don't tell him to take his bags off the bus. Call an Uber. And call an Uber or whatever. Or Art, get him what, a uh, Art has joined us now. Art, what's the most egregious hey. firing that you've seen? Wow. Except, well, Teddy Garvin, 11 games into the season. Wasn't that for the Red Wings? No, I, I mean... I'll tell you, the, the, the Gallant thing is kind of surprising. I, I'm under, like, 
I am under the impression that maybe Florida management thought that Ekblad was ready to be the leader of the team at, you know, 22 years old or whatever he is. You know, he, he's a great, great defenseman, but, you know, I, you know th- that's a lot to throw on uh, onto a young kid, especially a D-man. So uh, egregious firings for me, God, I really can't. Uh... Well, Art, I just told the story about Gatsby. He was yeah. 2-0. and when he got fired after two games after they were done in Chicago, and they left him kind of to find his own way. And I said that probably because Gads used to tell me that he loved telling the story uh, of the note under the door, and no one actually to this day or to, you know, <laughs> obviously Bill is unfortunately passed now, and I, I love Gadsby, but no one to this day had told him that he was fired as the Wings head coach in you know, 1969. I'll tell you what, let me go outside the box a little bit. I think the most egregious firing was trading Ted Lindsay to Chicago because he tried to start a union. Well, <laughs> right? speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, when Ted was the head coach, because he took over for like seven games of that last season, and then he was 20 games in to the next season when he got fired. You guys have a little bit more institutional memory than I have. How did that firing occur? I, I, Eddie, you're giggling over there. Tell well, us. I'm story. giggling because I've got one, but it wasn't that. It's uh, the firing of Harry Neal in uh, in 80, uh, oh, right. 80, 85, 86. That was a quick, quick, quick release, but, uh, too. I mean, it, what led up to it was we're, we got a game in New York, right? And... Uh, Everybody knew something was going to happen or stuff. So uh, we've got oh, probably about 10 minutes before we go out to warm up, right? And Harry comes walking into the dress room, and he just went right around to every player, right, and just blasted each and every one of them to the point that when we finally got out to uh, to the warm-ups, <laughs> there was three minutes left in the warm-ups. New York Rangers thought we were forfeiting the game because nobody was coming out. So we had three minutes to warm up, and uh, the, the 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 buzzer goes off, and you know with no one's even warmed up. We got our butts trounced. Wasn't it Harry Neal that said he was going to be here an awful long time? And I think you know, I told you that story last okay. time I was on. After Neal got fired, and we went to the Brad Park press conference, when they named Brad Park the head coach. I, and I still think I have a tape somewhere of this. Brad Park, and I was doing a one-on-one with him, and he said, I said, what's your plan, Brad? He'd never been a head coach before. He's a big star, going to the Hall of Fame. We all know Brad Park. And, and had played the last couple of years of his career with the Wings. And he said, I'm going to be here for an awfully long time. And I, and I said later, after he got fired for 39 games, I said, well, he got the awful right. <laughs> yeah. And, and we <laughs> remember that. He time right, but he got the awful right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, that, and, and that firing, too, I remember we all went, Dwight Foster, myself, and Danny Garrett went over to Brad's house because he was living around the corner in West Bloomfield. And, and that firing was after the exit meeting. Where he was having an exit meeting with oh, all the yeah, players, yeah, and uh, I remember now, yeah, it's uh, and so that was another uh, a kick in the a kick in the you know what uh, firing too. It's just uh, Brad Brad did he had this master plan uh, that he wrote up uh, and and he told Danny Gare and I and and I remember what he said to me was. Uh, Danny Garen, myself, and uh, Eddie, I'm I'm trying to protect you. At least be around for at the third goaltender, but I don't think I can. I think you're gone. And he looked at Danny as his Danny. I think you're the same way. We can't keep you guys around, uh, but I'm still trying. And the next day, sure enough, we got a phone call. I got a phone call from uh, uh, Vartan uh, Kapulian, right? Yep. 
Covering the team at the time. And, and uh, they said, uh, how do you... Varden. Yeah, Varden. And he goes, how do you feel about uh, being released? And I go, uh, I was released. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I kind of knew something was up. And that's, what, that's when me and Jimmy D started feuding uh, in the papers and in the radio. And uh, we had a feud going on for about a year. And we uh, finally buried the hatchet a few years back. Well, but that's why I told you guys when the last time I was on your, the podcast... Um, that year changed everything. And mm-hmm. you were part of that year that really did change everything because the comment from Mike Yelich at the end of that season after after you had Harry Neal and Brad Park, two coaches, and really three in a matter of a year's time because Nicky Polano had, right. you know, before, the year before, yep. uh, he said, I'm never going to, this will never happen again. A 40-point season, the worst season in Red Wings history, will never happen again. And that's when you had the progression of Jacques to Brian Murray to Scotty and the rest exactly. of history. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mark, I wanted to ask you a quick question. I don't know if, because uh, I, I, I was a little bit late today, kind of as usual, actually. As usual. <laughs> but, uh, that I think it's some sort of psychological disorder they've proven to people that are chronically late, and so I should probably get it checked out. Uh, but, uh, we, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are, are, are now here, and, it, you know, it's a real happening thing. And,. Two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, I read that the United States Army, Army is yeah. not pleased with this name at all, even though it's paying homage to them, really. It's out of a sign of respect for West Point and the Corps of Cadets and the Black Knights of the Hudson and all that stuff. Do you think that the Vegas Golden Knights will be forced to change their name? Does Army have any recourse? Is, is that even a story out in Las Vegas? Uh, it is. Bill Foley actually addressed it today. And said he's they're all good, uh, so there won't be any problem. Bill Daly came out today and said that there's not a uh, an issue either. He doesn't believe there will be any problem. I think his quote was, yeah, "I don't expect an issue." And all Bill Foley said was, he said, "Look, there, there there's, there's this if there, if the name is similar, and you know Clarkson University is the Golden Knights, so Clark that's Clarkson's name is the Golden Knights." And he said, there's, "There's as much similarity to what we're doing with the name as to the United States Army." And don't forget, Bill Foley is a West Point graduate. Right. He's not, he's not just a lover of the Army Knights thing. He's he went to West Point, uh, and he said, "There's as much similarity as there is to the Arizona Cardinals and the St. Louis Cardinals, or any other name that's similar from any other sport." So he did not believe, and they went through. I'm telling you, exhaustive measures to make sure they vetted this thing with the name. They, they filed three patents for names, and that was Desert Knights, Silver Knights, Golden Knights. We all thought silver because of the silver state. Some uh, Robin Leach had even tweeted out, and he seems that he's Mr. Vegas. How old is Robin Leach now, about 100? Uh, he's probably 80, but he's still very very prevalent, very relevant here in Vegas. Champagne and caviar. Um, VegasDeluxe.com if you want to go see Robin Leach's stuff. Mr. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Champagne wishes and you, cocktail dreams or caviar dreams. Whatever, like yeah, that. whatever he was. You were featured. Champagne wishes. Anyhow, he thought it was Desert Nights. He got, got it from some insider. No one really was on the inside of the name. Well, didn't they did a great job in holding it back until the, the reveal last week. Mark, didn't they but reveal no, it be before no they issue did? with Golden Knights, as far as I know, and Bill Foley says he got it approved by the good people in West, at the West Point Academy. So whoever came up with this idea that, well, you know, the parachute team in Fort Bragg is called the Golden Knights, 
I think they're just I think they're just starting some trouble, but I don't think there will be any uh, any any reversal effect of that uh, down the line. Speaking of the Vegas team, that might be a spot where Gerald Gallant is going to end up. Well, it's funny you say that, Eddie, because we're starting to go. That's the next move. I mean, everything's been done now. We got the logo. We've seen the colors. The jerseys won't be available. They're going to do a big reveal when they have, finally have players next year. Right. And the plan is to they, do a big reveal. When they reveal actually have a team. Players. What's that? When they, I'm sorry, Mark. I don't mean it. When they actually have a team. When they actually have people in a team, <laughs> that's when they want to bust out the jersey. You can't buy a jersey yet or a sweater. You can buy T-shirts, hats, other merchandise, but not the actual team sweater with your name or anybody else's name or a number on the back yet because they want to. I think there actually is a trademark thing that they still have to go through with that, but um, they want a big, flashy, extravagant Vegas reveal where the players come out showing the jerseys for the further sweaters for the first time, and then people will rush into the, the, the Golden Knights store at the T-Mobile Arena and buy all that up. They actually bought everything up in 30 minutes that they had. They had no merchandise left in a half an hour That's oh the new awesome. Vegas Golden Knights store, which is inside the arena. Yeah. And there'll be another store up in Summerlin where the practice facility is going to be uh, 25 miles away. Um, but the, we're already talking about the next move because you've got your, and look, I think I mentioned this last time, but they've added a couple, you know, the, um, the, the hierarchy in place is very Michigan and Red Wing friendly. I mean, Bill Foley doesn't have a tie, but everybody underneath him kind of does. Uh, Artie and I were talking about Kerry Bubbles the other day. He was the new right. president, just hired last month. He has ties to Michigan because he worked for Gilbert with the Cavaliers. George McPhee, of course, played for Ron Mason at Bowling Green. And Mace, you know, I hate the idea that, you know, Ron's gone. Because I do think he'd be a part of this as a consultant or something. He's always been kind of the listening ear for McPhee. Um, Kelly McCrimmon, we all know the McCrimmon name, Red Wing Ties, yeah, University absolutely. of Michigan. Yep. Murray Craven. Craven's the guy that's been in Foley's ear since this all started. He's been his real right-hand man. And Murray, of course, played with the Wings. Mike Foligno, top scout, Red Wings. And Dave Pryor has already been hired as goaltending coach because he worked for uh, McPhee in Washington and uh, was Scotty Bowman's first uh, coaching hire with uh, with the Wings. Actually, it was Pryor before I think he officially brought over Louie and, and uh, Barry. Mark, let so me ask you the connection there. Mark, do you think they're going to go into the Central or definitely the Pacific? Definitely the Pacific. So does that it, that's going to imbalance the Western Conference at that point? You're going to have eight in the Pacific and seven in the Central. Well, the plan though Newman was, we all thought and they thought that the partner in in, in crime when it came to expansion was going to be Quebec. They believed it was a done deal that two teams were coming in because the Nordiques. I call them Nordiques, so that's what they were going to be again. And they've got the new arena, beautiful. And they made their proposal, ready to pay their half a billion dollars to come on into the league like Bill Foley's paying a $500 million. And they that. didn't do it, at least not yet. And so the idea was Quebec would go back to the east, obviously Vegas in the west, and the Red Wings would come back to the west. But, uh, you know, and, and then try to balance it that way. Then have don't you know, forget. The Red Wings are still the obvious choice. I don't even like the fact the Wings are in the East, but that's me. Uh, I uh, wish the Red Wings were in the West, especially yeah. now with Connor McDavid being uh, over in Edmonton. And don't forget yeah. Seattle. But, uh, don't but forget think, Seattle. But, but what's the holdup? Go ahead, the head Mark. coaching thing has now started to come up because that's really the next move. Well, Seattle's thing, Art, is... No arena, right? Is that it? No, nah, it, it's, it's a little bit more than that, uh... 
Steve, I uh, can't remember his last name, from Microsoft, had the, had the franchise. Balmer. Had the franchise, but he's a basketball Native Detroiter. Guy. Yeah, but he's a basketball guy. And when the Clippers uh, came around, you know, he, he tried to buy Sacramento and move them to Seattle. And the rumor I heard was David Stein, or, or the new commissioner. Uh, Adam Silver. Adam Silver. They're so upset with Seattle moving out of there that they weren't going to be able to move a team in there. And they're, uh, they're kind of, but so that's why he went with the Clippers, but Seattle's right on the, on the, uh, on the cuffs. It's, that would it's, be a great hockey city. Oh, it? Yeah. I mean, they have a tradition there. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. Seattle supposedly had, I, I'm not, I'm some... not privileged to, uh, to speak at this time, but, uh, um, I, never mind. It's, it's, uh, it's I in the works. Seattle it's way. in the works. They just, there was no way they were going to pony up the five hundred million entry fee. Well, we'll see. <laughs> if it came down, Mark, then what's your thought on that? If it came down between Seattle and Quebec, I think Quebec should get a team again. I, for what they did with that, have you seen that arena that they it's, built? It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But here's here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. I don't think Gary Bettman wants to go back to Canada at this time. The only thing about that, Eddie, is it's it's five hundred million, half a billion dollars of free money. The NHL doesn't have to do doodly squat to get that money. They got you know they're going to take Bill Foley's check for five hundred million, free money. They could have taken Quebec's check for five hundred million. They were ready to pony it up. They had a great presentation. To this day, I think there's people that don't understand why it didn't happen. Um, but they, it's free money. It's, it would have, they would have made an extra billion dollars for doing nothing more than standing around waiting for teams to show up. Let me, let me, I, I thought that was, you know, for, for a league that could use a billion dollars, that was pretty, maybe irresponsible. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that part of his hesitance to go back into, uh, the great white North going into Canada is because all the really franchise Difference maker players that you can see recently have all been going, you know, because of the draft to Canadian franchises. I mean, I think everybody really thought that uh, perhaps Connor McDavid would be maybe in. They were hoping to Phoenix to play with Ty Domi and and their uh, their Max Domi. Uh, Max Domi, yeah, Ty Domi. That would be that would be amazing. Uh, that'd, be, but, that'd be awesome. But but you know that that even know, Connor McDavid couldn't make Ty Domi a player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really, as great as he is, but Max Domi uh, and that you know that you know you know Eichel's in Buffalo at least, but all he has to do is go right he's right across the border. But I guess you could say that about Detroit. But I mean, it just seems that the way G- Gary Batman is calculated, and I guess. It shows that the the draft is, you know. I mean, Edmonton was getting number one picks forever. I mean, forever. they, they kept, kept winning, winning, and then they win Connor McDavid. That if you're looking at it, and you know, I'm not saying the sport can't grow in Canada, but it definitely has to grow in the United States. I mean, yeah. it's it's geared towards the United States. It seems that a lot of young stars in the names like an Austin Matthews, and I like that kid Mitch Marner. I mean, from Mitch to- Marner is very good. He's yeah. very very good player. Uh, Connor McDavid. It seems that. Some of these guys that might be the generational, the face of the NHL uh, now, don't play in the United States. You know, it, it, and that's a good part. Uh, a good point, Art, is that a lot more Americans now are top end players, and especially a guy like Austin Matthews. Perfect fit for him would have been Phoenix. 
Okay. Right, right, I mean, he's right, from right, Scottsdale. Right. That would have just, I think, got everybody going. So I, I think that might be another point that uh, Bettman's trying to say. If, if these Americans are going in the top five and top ten, it would be nice to keep them with an American city. You know, and I and I think that's. Uh, I mean, look at you got Connor McDavid, who's he's from Toronto area, but still, you got two of the top guys that. I mean, take a look at them; they've got success written all over. Right, them. right, exactly. And uh, I think Bettman's idea would be would be nice for them to be in the states. Well, as great a city as Toronto is, and it is, it's a great it's city. Awesome. I love you know, yeah. but again, to your average American. You know, you, you could be saying Toronto or Gdansk, Poland. It, it, they're all in the same to them. I mean, they don't, there's no affinity for that as opposed to if you say Austin Matthews, New York Rangers, Austin Matthews, you know, Arizona Coyote, Austin Matthews. You know, look, it took Wayne Gretzky to be traded to finally make hockey to stick make, in, 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 LA. in L.A. And look at them now. Right, exactly. You know, so, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good point, uh, but... I just have a feeling that there'll be a, a U.S. franchise before. Well, I could be wrong. Quebec City, you're right, Mark. They're ready to go. They got the yeah. building, and uh, it's it's. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Gary wants to do. Speaking of uh, Arizona, that's where you know when we were talking about co- possible coaches for the Golden Knights. Um, th- there are names floating around. One of the names is floating, and I, I don't think that I started it, but is Newell Brown, who's been with the Coyotes oh, wow. now for oh, three yeah. years. Yep, Newell. For some reason, Newley, who played at Michigan State and had a nice career there, averaged more than a point a game, played for Mason, um, has not been a head coach, and he's been in a, like a lifetime assistant in various Columbus, I think Vancouver, he's been there. He played, I think, for the Canucks for a little bit. But, I mean, I, in fact, I was watching him last night when the Coyotes were playing Minnesota, a great game. And uh, he, he looks great. He's in great shape. He's funny. I'm not, do you guys know why Newell has never been a, a real candidate for a head coaching job with all the coaching moves that happen in the NHL on a daily basis? Well, because he was a Spartan. That was, <laughs> is that the reason? Mark, real quickly, have they looked at the, it's the speculation about Vegas uh, in this roster? I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading some things about who the roster could be, but this is going to be... Not and maybe that's why Bettman was hesitant to bring two teams in because it would water down the expansion draft. Uh, that this is uh, this is going to be a pretty competitive team right out of the gate, even though, you know, especially with the way Vancouver is going to have to rebuild. I mean, they, they might actually have a chance in the Pacific. Well, you're right, Artie, and and I think this is why the coaching thing is key because George McPhee has already said whoever he brings on as head coach. They want to work together to mold the, you know, he wants the coach to not, he doesn't want to do a, a one year and out thing or two. He wants his coach to be here for a while. He wants them to, to be the guy that has a chance, as Foley says, to compete for the cup within five years. So, you know, now that's why this coaching hire is going to be a really big deal. You know, I'll give you another name. What about Ron Wilson? You know, he was the guy that took the caps to the, Stanley Cup Finals against the Wings. When Never the mind that watch. name. Come on, he's had chances all over the place. Oh, you're right, and that's a guy who's been. That would be like his seventh team. Yeah. I'll give you another name though, John Madden, who's now the head coach of the Cleveland Monsters. But he was he was with the Panthers. Former and he Wolverine. Was fired in May. But we all know guys who get fired. That doesn't make a difference. They'll still hire you. It doesn't matter. Oh, but there's absolutely. a Michigan connection. Right. John Madden, uh, Jared Bednar probably would have been a candidate, but he took the Avalanche job. He led the the Monsters to the the Calder Cup, their first cup in 100,000 years. 
So I think before, you know, I see the speculation of what players might be here. I don't think you can really speculate on that until McPhee hires a head coach because you'll get a better feel for what McPhee and the head coach want than just the general manager himself. I think he really wants that coach to be in on talent level, in on the first group of people in, because that's going to form what this team's going to be like for the next half decade. I know who their goalie's going to be. <laughs> ben Bishop. Howard? Nope, Ben Bishop. You think so? You don't think he's going to get traded beforehand? But uh, All right, guys, we, here's what we got to do. Mark, we appreciate the time today. We'd love to have you back on again somewhere down the road if you're interested. You always good to hear Artie. Always great to hear Eddie because you guys rock my world. <laughs> Same to you, Bubba. Mark, stay safe out there. We'll talk Thanks, to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Nicole Leslie from Gray Speaks. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at pain-free life centers of Michigan. But don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosma. So, Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers. Everybody knew my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy. Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level? The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee. It, it gives you a positive attitude. Um, emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain. So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries? If you're suffering from pain, try pain-free life centers because it helped me. Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. Com. I'm Thad out with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24 7 360. Get there. Did you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well, the solution is United Photo Works. United Photo Works is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive 20% off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com.
And back in studio with Eddie Mio and Art Regner. And fortunately for us, on the line right now, we've got a pretty important game this Saturday down in Bowling Green. Our only trip to OHIO, thank God, this Who, year. Who's, we, who's the officiating crew? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. But you know what? Each year we go down to Ohio now. We've gone to Finley one year. Last year we went to Bowling Green, and we're back at Bowling Green this year. And on the line with us right now is Nicole Leslie with... Grace Speaks. Nicole, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Nicole, tell us a little bit about Grace Speaks and what you guys do, especially down in the Ohio area. Grace Speaks is a nonprofit that we founded in 2013 uh, because of my daughter, Grace. She's got um, chromosome 18, which it's a rare abnormality that affected her speech. And we found trying to find speech therapy for her in our area Um, is very costly, and most insurances don't cover. So we teamed up with Bowling Green State University. We bring in their master's students. They get their clinical hours towards their degree, and the families in the area get affordable speech therapy. We offer speech therapy ends up being 50 cents per minute. Our nearest competitor is $4.23 per minute. So we're really giving them an, an affordable way to be able to find speech therapy for their children. So how did you formulate a relationship with the Red Wing alumni? I am from Monroe, Michigan, so I don't like being in Ohio too much either. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> so I grew up watching the Red Wings. Um, they've always been a favorite of mine. And my daughter skates. My daughter, my special needs daughter is in a skating program, and she began loving hockey because of it. So with that, uh, one of the things we like to do, especially before we play a team, as we announce the lineup, you know, we had posted that earlier on Twitter. Uh, but fortunately for us, in goal, we're going to have the incomparable one, Eddie Mio and Greg Malachy. And you'll appreciate Malley because he is a U of M grad and two national championships with them. Now we've got Paul Great. Weber, Dean Kolstad, another NHLer, Ralph Nelson, Ray Markham, who played in the NHL. Eric Fritz is going to be a rookie for us this year, and he had a nice career. Uh, played a few games with New York, Toronto, Minnesota. Uh, we've got Finner, John Finstrom, who is our requisite uh, professional tryout guy, which means he is flying on that ice wherever he goes. Elvis, Wayne Presley, who's the vice president of the Red Wing alumni, will be joining us. And then Dave Hunsicker from U of M, Sergey Harin, former Red Wing John Bloom, and of course the bigger names, Brent Fedick, Peter Klima will be joining us. Also, what do you guys do to really market this? Uh, because last year's crowd was outstanding. Finley was great, but last year it really seemed to fill out that building. I think it really helped being at the university being able to draw in the university kids and it gave us a, a broader range between both Finley and Bowling Green, but we market between here all the way up to Monroe. My family's still in Monroe doing marketing up there for me. Um, just getting the word out any way we can. And our sponsors have been amazing with helping us with that too. Yeah. If I remember correctly, you guys always have a nice afterglow and your sponsors have really stepped up. Uh, matter of fact, we saw when, 
Art, Peter Klima, and I were doing a uh, community function. Uh, we were doing household waste. Yes. And Feds was out there, and he was wearing the Grace Speaks T-shirt. Yes, he was. I saw that. I was so happy. I'm kind of curious. This is such a wonderful program, and it's innovative, and it really helps families, and it's cost-effective. How do you see this expanding, or have you been contacted by other areas, perhaps other states, neighboring cities, to see um, how what is such a a great a great idea and doing very very good uh, that this could expand somehow? I would love it to expand. I mean, we are new. We've only been seeing clients for two years, so we're just getting our feet wet. Um, our next step here in Finley is to team up with the University of Finley and bring in OT and PT also with the same concept to be able to offer all of those because the price for those are all outrageous and insurance nowadays does not cover it. God, it um, just sounds, it sounds so, it, it, you know, it, it sounds so logical that people can't, maybe can't get their head around it. I don't know. I mean, this seems like something that could actually really you know, should be adopted yesterday, you know, and maybe it's me from what I've heard about it. I mean, I just can't see how this has not caught on, on, on a much larger scale, even though, as you said, I mean, it's only been around for a couple of years. Yeah. I do know the, the universities that offer speech therapy as a management, as a program, a lot of them do run clinics out of their university, but I don't know how much they market it. I you know, to spread the word because they can only handle so much at their schools too. Nicole, so for Saturday, just uh, give me an overview of how the day is going to go. Let our audience know of what will happen during the day. Saturday, we've got a family fun event. Um, We have a whole kids area with crafts and we have a face painter that's from the Toledo Zoo. We have the Winter Sisters and Spider-Man coming in for photos with the kids from Laurel's Princess Parties. Um, The game's the highlight of our day. We'll have a lot of um, silent auction items and 50-50 going around to try and raise our money. Um, VIP tickets for the Afterglow. We have a dinner with Italian, Italian food. Very good Italian food from the caterers at BGSU. Uh, open bar, luckily Beautiful. for us, but maybe that for some of the listeners, our VIP has sold out already. We've got our guys on a limo bus, so they'll be all right. Oh, great. <laughs> we won't have to worry about them. So with that, where can they, um, first of all, most importantly, where can they find out information about you online and where can they go get tickets for Saturday? www.grace-speaks.org has all our information on the event. You can order tickets right from there. General admission is $10 if you order them in advance. On Saturday, they'll be jumped up to 13 and you can get them at the door too. Nicole, with that, we look very, very much forward to seeing you on Saturday. We appreciate your time today and look forward to it. Sounds good. We'll see you Saturday. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks. All right, gentlemen. So we're fired up for that game on Saturday. Like I said, what a great cause, really. Uh, You know what? And that's the um, that's the fortunate and unfortunate thing about what we do as the Red Wing alumni. And Georgie has talked about it before. You know, we have so many. We've not seen a bad charity yet or a bad cause. 
And as our schedule fills up, uh, we're fortunate to be able to say, you know what, we do this game each year, and we want to continue to get back. I don't want to say the Orwellian theory of some pigs are more equal than others, um, but I know that we're very, very cognizant of, especially traveling out of state, and the ones that affect the children and the veterans especially are the ones that always get on our roster. Yeah, well, no, it, it, it sounds great. You know, my favorite thing from Animal Farm is the last line of the book is when the animals peered in and saw a man and pig and couldn't tell which one was which. <laughs> you just spoke about the election and we swore not to do that. Well, I, I didn't because I know Eddie, I'm, well, no, Eddie's probably not, happy about the recount. We're, we're not going to do it. Eddie, question for you. I am not happy about the recount. <laughs> okay, Eddie, question for you. Here's we go. And Art, you're going to be next up because All we right. talked at the end of the last show because uh, we we're coming up on American Thanksgiving, and we know the adage about being in a playoff position right. before right. then. But, Eddie, before we go into that, with the announcement last week of the Pistons coming down to join the LCA, the dojo, the Little Caesars Arena. So now you've got the Red Wings and the Pistons in there. What are your thoughts on that as a former player? Well, we lost our dressing room in the uh, practice rink. Mickey said we did not. Mickey didn't lose our dressing room? Mickey said we did not because okay. Joe approached him about it, and Mickey was like, oh, hell no, I got it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Now, uh, in, in all kidding aside, I think it's great for the city. I mean, you know, even though the Palace is a great venue, you know, it's kind of separated. Like, it's... Uh, it's no it's, doubt. You know, you got Detroit Pistons, and they're playing in Auburn Hills, and you got everybody else downtown with the Tigers and... And uh, the Lions, and now the Red Wings are moving into a great facility. It's it should be where the Pistons are coming back down, and find a way for both of them to uh, you know acknowledge each other's presence and and work towards it. Look at the event nights that are going to be down there. Okay, you've got over uh, what forty two games with the uh, with with the. Well, you uh, have eighty two games. And then preseason games, and then right. concerts, and all that. I mean, oh, yeah. that that thing yeah. will be used. But, uh, but even more so, not only that building, but then you got the Tigers of eighty-two games at home, yes. at least so, something like that. Yeah, one sixty-two. Yeah, and then you got the eight games that you add to the uh, Pistons and the uh, the Red Wings. So that downtown area, and then you throw the concerts in there. You know, I mean. It's 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 good for the city of Detroit. Whereas now you got that split out in Auburn Hills, and again, I I wish they could move the palace next to the new arena. And oh, it's now, still a beautiful now, building. It's still yeah, a beautiful. It's, it's very still a prototype. It's still yeah. a prototype yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for arenas around Absolutely. the world. Well, you know, let me ask you, Andy, because you you know because playing at Madison Square Garden and all that, and sharing with the Knicks and, Ooh, and the Rangers, spread out. Does. Uh, is there? I know they both have their. You know, the Pistons are going to make their. You know, you know, the taxpayers are going to pony up seventy five million dollars in bonds to make their practice facility, and uh, the Red Wings have you know a double sheet there, so they're going to have like their own practice area uh, at, at at the uh, at the new Joe, as I like to call their Little Caesars Arena. Any kind of. Uh, downside to having you know hockey and basketball like floor conditions or ice conditions uh, you know no. anything like that, that I understand you what you said but if you remember in 83 when I first got here with New York uh, from New York now in in New York it was completely different they had their own practice facilities and we had ours in Rye uh, Rye Playland in in uh, outside the uh, outside the city Manhattan but uh because there was an event in Madison Square Garden every day. 
Right, right, right. We didn't. uh, The Rangers didn't practice there. Neither did the Knicks. I don't think people realize that Madison Square Garden is a multi-level. It's it's, you're actually the dress room. The dress rooms actually are on the seventh floor. Okay, when you're you're going because there's a bowling alley downstairs. Yeah, people don't realize. Yeah, this. there's a, a fight uh, a, a, a fight arena downstairs. There's a lot of different. Yeah, yeah. The, the ice surface is on five, and the dress rooms. I'm telling you. No, yeah, right. Yeah, it's people nine don't get floors. It. Yeah, it's nine, it's nine floors. floors. Madison Square Garden because it goes underground. But in the point you're making in '83, '84, okay, we were sharing Joe Lewis with the Pistons. They were playing like in Cobo a little bit, but right. they used Joe Lewis's practice and some games. So the problem then was, you know, we had much more equipment than basketball players do, and we had to go either out to Troy. We played in Lincoln, not Troy so much, Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had practice in Lincoln Park uh, before. We found practice areas when there was basketball games. That was a, a little bit of an imposition. But now... They have two ranks, so the imposition isn't going to be there. So it's either uh, the Pistons are going to be practicing on the other rink, or uh, the 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 Red Wings will. Well, the Pistons are going to have their own separate yeah, practice facility because they next, can go anywhere. Not next year, so they probably think that they're still going to practice out at their practice facility in Auburn Hills, in Auburn Hills, and just play their game. Because, you know, that yeah. $75 million building practice facility is going to have to be built next year. Yeah. But they got to find a place to but build, my build point, it. My oh, they got is the it, place. But okay. my point is, it'll be very, uh, it, it will be a very good changeover, meaning it's it's not going to be a problem. Look at the Staples Center. They got the Clippers, they've got uh, uh, the Kings, and they also have. The, uh, the, Lakers. The, uh, the Lakers. Well, I, I can remember the Red Wings played a playoff series, I believe that was in uh, 2001 against the Kings. You know, the big comeback where Aaron Deadmarsh mm-hmm. one of the Red Wings games because the, I guess it was the Clippers, maybe it was the Lakers that played that afternoon there. And then the game didn't start Detroit time till like 1130 at night because they yeah. had to switch yeah. the floor over. Well, in New York, our playoff games, because they always booked the circus. Oh, yeah. That's the right. circus was That's before right. us. Our games were at eight thirty, nine o'clock. How, what was the smell like? I mean, oh, unbelievable! <laughs> but the funniest thing was, I was in net and I happened to look up, and there's the trapeze guys watching the game from up on the uh, way up on the girders. I'm going, what? The? <laughs> I'm serious, it, 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 but that's the way it was in the first uh, first week of April. That's when the playoffs all started back then. And it was a best of three, uh, best of five, the first series back then, and we would go in. We'd have to play at eight thirty. They'd have to clear everybody out, get the ice. The ice was terrible, but I mean, get the sand, whatever they had to do. And it was amazing because it was a matinee thing, and by eight thirty, the ice was ready to go, and we would have our playoff game. Do you think the Joe will be revered like Olympia was? Art? No. I, like I said, I mean, I, I think that the Joe will be remembered for the teams and the players that played in that building, but not the building itself. No. You know what? I, I I don't know. That's a that's a good point. That 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 would be a great discussion to to throw out there because even though the Red Wings enjoyed many more Stanley Cups back in the Olympia, you still had the resurgence of the Red Wings at Joe Lewis and the great 
you know, even though you had Ted Lindsay, Gadsby, uh, Del Vecchio, Sid Abel, and, and obviously the man, Gordy, uh, you still got in this building Fedorov, Iserman, Chelios, Brad Hall played here. I mean, just it Lidstrom. Lidstrom. Ha- I mean, Hashik, you know. Hashik, uh, Curtis Joseph. I mean, look Igor at all the Hall of Famers. I mean, yeah, Igor. Right. So I, Peter Klima. Brad Hall. Brad Hall. I said Brad. Uh, Brad Fedek. But, and then the most important Bloom. guy is Constantine. Uh, the Tinoff, right. Okay? right. Right. So the, the tragedy. So I don't know. There's a lot of history in both buildings. I mean, the old Olympia, I remember going at, you know, because being from Windsor, it was such a social event at the Olympia, okay? Yeah. People would dress up, the women. Yeah. They, 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 it was like going to, it was your date out and, 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 and your once or twice Well, a week. you see the pictures. They all yeah. have their ties They all got on their ties and, and the women suits, are just yeah. dressed yeah. up. But Joe Lewis brought in a different, I mean, that, that was the resurgence of the wings, okay, for me. I mean, even though they struggled for 17 years or 18 years since 80 that they got in there and they only made the playoffs, I think, what, twice until we got there in 83. Right, right. And we made it back-to-back first time in 17 years. And then, other than which we talked about and hit upon with Mark, uh, that awful year in 85, 86, if you look back, every other year has been pretty good well, since 83. I have a couple of quick Olympia memories. My first one was the first game I ever went to, Red Wing game. Because I used to go to this, like the Detroit All-Stars versus the Italian All-Stars with the Cub Scouts. There was some sort of charity game. It was always at Olympia. We'd go like every year, which I like. But the first actual hockey game was actually on my birthday in November and I could pick any game. I wanted to go. My uncle was a big hockey fan. He said, you know, Arthur, wherever you want to go. And it was against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the reason I wanted to see the Penguins play, not realizing that the home team would wear, uh, back then would wear, or the home team wore red. Red Wings would be in red, but the, the, the visitors would be in white. It's because I love the Pittsburgh that blue uniform that they had, the original oh, Penguin yeah. uniform oh, yeah, before yeah, yeah, they switched. The baby you know? blue. The yeah. baby blue. And I can remember standing in line. And I was kind of a mouthy kid back then. And right, no. a, right ahead of me was, was Carl Levin, who at that time, and I'm really dating ben myself, Franklin. Yeah. Was, the, was the president of the Detroit City Council. That's right. He yeah. was the president. Yep. Of the, and he's sitting there and he had, you know, and, I, and I've met Senator Levin many, many times. And, you know, I, I think he's a wonderful man. But I was a little kid and his son was pleading for a Red Wing pennant. We were like in, in concessions. And I looked at him, and I remember tapping him, and I said, uh, Mr. President, I go, my gosh, you must make enough money to buy your kid a pennant. And he kind of looked at me, and he started to laugh a little bit. So I remember that. I asked him years later if he remembered it. Of course, he did not. And then on ice, Carol Vadney was playing for the wow, California Carol. Golden Seals, and they had those white skates, and he had that flowing mane. Yeah, Eddie, yeah. you'd appreciate it. He had that flowing black mane of hair and that big, huge yeah. mustache. And whenever he would you know, like go around his net and then come up ice, he would it would just be flying in the wind. It was really kind of a, a really interesting sight to see. I mean, for some reason, Carol, and that was at Olympia. Yeah, Carol Vadney story here. I played with him for two years in New York, and... Uh, uh, a lot of people didn't realize, as you said, that you know, flowing black hair with the mustache. But every city that we went into the play, everybody else would go to the bars. He'd go to the art gallery. Really? He was a big collector of art. Mm-hmm. And in his house, he probably had over 2 million 
$3 million worth of art. Well, he had a great eye. He, and had a he knew great what to buy. Eye, and... He bought. And a lot of people don't. I mean, he was a fantastic really? guy. He's passed now. but oh, I um, didn't know that. That's yeah, too bad. Yeah, he's, uh, but we used to spend uh, our, our famous spot was in White Plains, New York, called Francesco. And after practicing in, in, in Rye, John Davidson, myself, and Nicky Fatil, we'd all just head up to Francesco. And uh, I got good memories of Carol, but a lot of people don't understand Carol Vadney visited all the art galleries, especially like in Vancouver, all the big cities, L.A. Really? Wow. Yeah, so he's, he's Guys, with that, you know what? We've run out of time again. We're over again. again We're over, over, and you know what? We're about a point out of a playoff spot, so I'm going to tell you what. Normally, we wait till the week before a game. We're going to be back here on Wednesday. The seventh, so next week, all right, four o'clock, and then let's um let's dig a little bit December more. December seventh, a day, a day that lives in infamy, a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> so once again, th- thanks to Mark Wilson, thanks to Nicole Leslie from Gray Speaks. You can follow us on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni. You can follow us on Facebook, and everybody should go out there look for Eddie Mio on Facebook. Also, we'd love to have you as a follow. With that, we'll see you guys soon. I'm Jeff Morton from Pain Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how, how did you feel? It, it gives you a positive attitude. Um, emotionally, I felt better. Flexibility in my knee, and the most important thing, I felt less pain. And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain. I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica, and it made my knee flexible, felt stronger. It feels good to me, and the pain was gone. So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain? Try it for yourself because it helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help you. Painfreelifecenters.com. Do it today. I'm Thad's out with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24 7 Get there. And that's the end of the second period. And now it's time for Game Day Trivia, brought to you by United Photo Works. Tonight's question, which Detroit-based photography company has worked with the Red Wings alumni? Companies like Ford, Shinola, and Our Detroit, and been the exclusive photographers of the Joe Koser Celebrity Softball Series for the past seven years? The answer is United Photo Works. Visit them today at unitedphotoworks.com. Remember, folks, that's unitedphotoworks.com. 